My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Well, the words of the Gospel that you present us with today, Lord, are so powerful and they are really truly iconic because they seem to represent what it really means to be a Christian, what you really want us to become. You told us in today's Gospel to love our enemies, to do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, to turn the other cheek, and if someone takes your cloak, we should not withhold even our tunic. And you go on, Lord, you you keep at it. Every time you seem to get more demanding, love your enemies, do good to them, and lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, you said. Perhaps as we hear these words, as we do our prayer this morning, perhaps we secretly think it's impossible. Or perhaps we think that it's a, it's a beautiful idea and very nicely formulated and articulated, but really nobody can really live up, live up to this great, great ideal of loving even our enemies. Did the saints do this? Are there actual examples of saints who really loved their enemies, who forgave their enemies? Well, Pope Francis said in one of his visits to one of the Roman parishes in Rome that this is in fact what holiness is, he said. A man or woman who does this deserves to be canonized. They become saints. So simple is the Christian life. And indeed, I'm sure there are many examples of this. They're often very uplifting. They fill us with hope. It touches us deeply when we when we see this. I can remember the story of St. Josemaria, who took a taxi right after the Civil War. And you've probably heard it, the, the taxi driver took him for a little while and then, then asked him if he was in where he was in Madrid, during, where he was during the Civil War, and he said he was in Madrid. And, he, and the taxi driver said to him, I wish they'd killed you too. Imagine hearing that kind of anger, that kind of bitterness, that kind of hatred. Well, Josemaria just kept it together. He prayed. And then at the end of the trip, he gently reached over and gave this man a very, very generous tip and said, maybe you could perhaps go and buy some nice candies for your children. And he smiled at him. He did not hate it is as though the devil was presenting him with a, a justified reason to to be angry right there, or to retort, or to taunt the cab driver, and see this man as an enemy. No doubt this man had very different ideas from the Catholic faith. Perhaps he had rejected the faith. Maybe he was an atheist. Maybe he had had a very bad experience with somebody in the church. Maybe something he couldn't get over, or, or maybe you know with a priest who had mis- mistreated him. But if Josemaria had retorted with a witty comeback, or if he had simply brushed him off 
well, then the devil would have been happier. Nobody knows, of course, what happened to that taxi driver, but I'm sure he went away better. At least he must have been somewhat touched. This priest broke the mold of what he expected. And plus he enjoyed an extra tip, which hopefully he used for his children. But he broke the mold. St. Rosemary broke the mold. He expected some kind of evil retort of some kind. And instead, I think the devil ended up very unhappy on that occasion. And that's what we want. We want the devil to be unhappy. Because if you make the devil happy, that's not a good sign. Of course, probably you know that other story about Pope John Paul II, who went to visit Aliadka, that Turkish assassin, who shot him twice at close range with the intention of killing him. Now, Pope John Paul II, as soon as he became conscious after that attack, he forgave him right away, but then he extended that forgiveness personally a few months later when he actually went to visit him in prison. And perhaps you recall that famous quote from that famous French writer, André Frassard, who said that when he saw that photo, he saw Pope John Paul II leaning over, speaking with his assassin or his attempted assassin, Aliadka speaking to him almost like 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 it was almost as though they were friends. He said that is the most supernatural photo of the 20th century. Well, recently I I saw another photo which I had never seen before from 2014 of this same assassin Aliadka. He's now gotten out of prison, and he I, the the photo shows him in St. Peter's Square, and he's carrying white roses which he came to lay at the tomb of Pope John Paul II as a sign of his reverence, as a sign of his thanksgiving. That, too, is very supernatural. That's the impact of forgiveness. Or perhaps you've heard that story of St. Maria Goretti, who 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 was an 11-year-old Italian girl, stabbed to death while she was resisting a sexual assault back in 1902. And she too forgave her killer. She could succumb to her injuries, but uh, the the assassin was uh, was captured and he was going to be sentenced to death. But her mother pleaded for mercy and he ended up getting a 20-year sentence because he had been a minor at the time. But then later on, Maria appeared to him in prison as an apparition and she gave him lilies that withered in his hands as he as he clasped them and 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 this eventually led to his own conversion and he too was later present there at her beatification by pope pius the 12th in 1947 and i'm sure we could find many other stories that inspire us that we can forgive that we can love our enemies lord you gave us nevertheless such a demanding ideal and you lived it from, from the cross when you forgave your executioners. But I know that you want all of us to live this too. Especially you want me to live it when I am tempted maybe to anger, when I'm maybe tempted to outrage or to disappointment with others. Pope Francis asked in that homily, should I pray for the one who hurts me? Yes, he said, yes. Because it changes lives, he said. If we think it is impossible, then we should pray, he said. Pray every day for the grace to forgive and the grace to love.
If all men and women of the world learned this, he said, there would be no wars. Wars begin in bitterness, in rancor, the desire for revenge, to make someone pay. But that destroys families, destroys friendships, destroys neighborhoods. It destroys so much, he said. Indeed, in these last days, we've seen lots of protests and, and violence these days. But, but often, you just go to your YouTube feed and you get titles under each of those YouTube videos that say things like, so-and-so destroys this reporter, or see journalist taunt X and regret it immediately. Right? Little sort of clickbait that these titles, they, this is they want you to see somebody really get what, uh, what they deserve. And we like to see, it's like, like we want to see somebody get, get what he deserves. So, the Lord is asking us to have a merciful heart and, and not to, not to sort of swim in that unforgiveness or that anger. And we can ask, do I have grudges like right now in my life? Or do I feel that poison swirl within me of unforgiveness, of bitterness? Do I have that? To turn the other cheek, of course, is not synonymous with some kind of passive indifference to evil, as though we could never defend the true or correct the evil that is done. Jesus, Lord, you rebuked the guard who struck you while you were bound and you were being interrogated. It was an invitation for the guard to change. You you rebuked him. You, you said, why did you strike me? And Paul, St. Paul, he didn't remain silent when he was struck by a centurion. In fact, he, he warned his abuser of, uh, of divine judgment and retribution. What it really means for us is that we really, we should never see anyone as an enemy. That person is my enemy. We can never do that. That's the ideal that our Lord is asking of us. Maybe someone has done us wrong or simply has a taxing character or somebody we really haven't fully accepted or all we do is see their defects or their limitations and they might indeed be quite real. Maybe they might have a very nefarious lifestyle or immoral lifestyle. We should pray about how we can apply forgiveness, where we can apply patience, where we can be more generous, more understanding, where we can truly love, even if we don't find it particularly easy. But not only that, let's not stop there. We can we can forgive others, but we also have to ask forgiveness for what we have done to others. Because no doubt we have mishand, mistreated others. It goes really both ways. And others may not always forgive us promptly. Well, there too we have to accept that and endure the pain of not being forgiven. All this goes to show that we need mercy. And we can go to our Blessed Mother, Mother of Mercy, to ask her to intercede for us so that, so that our heart truly expand and be given that capacity to forgive with mercy. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.